真古的秀。Are we on? Are we just yeah, doing yeah, this podcast? Yeah, yeah. By the way, Felicia okay. Day is my guest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I always have to introduce the guests because, like, when they click on the well, people probably are like, "Who is this bitch?" No, everyone knows who you are. In fact, this will probably be a very successful episode. Who knows? Or do you look at I the know. downloads and you're like, "Oh, I that's, don't." Land does. Land, Land's like, "Gosh, th- that was a clunker." Land, no, Land knows this is going to be out of the park. Well, I mean, I I love. I'm a, <laughs> I I was raised by hypochondriac. A hand, hypochondriac. Who thought she she is? Who thinks she is a doctor? Yeah. Th- therefore, she'll never go to the doctor. Yeah. Therefore, I'll never have to visit her in the hospital. She'll just die in her house because <sighs> it's like I know better. Yeah. Um. And then my dad's a doctor, so I grew up like um on my twenty first birthday. I'll never forget this. I had a party, and my dad was in the corner showing people graphic pictures of him doing liposuction on people while people were eating like spaghetti. <laughs> so people would just kind of like stop by and say hey, and they'd be like oh. So, like, I just ra- was raised with just, like, human meat. <laughs> but you're not a hypochondriac? I, oh, yeah. A little I, neurotic? You're neurotic? I, when I get an anxiety, like, I'm really anxious right now because I'm doing a, um, I'm doing a, I'm on a book deadline, so I, I'm filled with anxiety and I can't sleep, and then that just sort of feeds anxiety more. And yeah. then I just am convinced I have, like, uterine cancer, <sighs> or I have an aneurysm starting. Like, something's wrong with me. Yeah. And so... I, I will be convinced that I'm dying very easily when I'm anxious. I think that's the the having parents in or at least one parent in the medical field because my my dad, who was an anesthesiologist, always had medical books and magazines. Mm-hmm. He would always ask me if I wanted to go watch a surgery. Yeah. I and I was a kid yeah. and I was like, Did absolutely not. No. Did you do it? Did you? I Never did until I went to, my dad was in the military. He was a military doctor. Yeah. And he, they had these, I don't know if they still do them, but they had these sort of charity missions. It, this was predating Operation Smile where they oh, would yeah, send. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they would send their, uh, you know, doctors to third yeah. world countries to do tri- uh, surgery in the field to sort of like triage training. But at the same time, they'd be doing cleft palates and burn revisions yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So. I thought that was really interesting, and I was a really bored actor about 10 years ago, <laughs> before I started doing web stuff, and I went down, and I did uh, a documentary, and I filmed everything myself. No way. Um, and then the next year, I went back and tried to tr- track down the people, and it was the middle of nowhere Honduras. Um, yeah. So, and I just remember the smell of that hospital, and I, and I would just go in there and film everything they did. It was really easy to watch the surgery just through the lens, like through the viewfinder yeah. of the camera, and then I'd look Once over. Once you pull it away, and, you're and like, it's oh, real. That's yeah. so Okay, but yeah, so I saw a lot of surgery then. Is this some? Is this something that people can actually view? No, I've never released it. I don't know why. Oh, you got to. I know. I interviewed my dad. You know, well, yeah, I interviewed all these doctors, and I got really. I mean, I I submitted. It's like an hour long. It was like when you went back, uh-huh. did you find the people? I could find some of them. Like none of them had shoes or or phones or anything. Oh, so fuck. some, but some of the guides helped me track down several other people. There was this little girl there, I'll never forget. She just lived in the hospital because somebody abandoned her. And I uh-huh. swear, had I been a little older, I would have just adopted this kid. She got sent to an orphanage later and I couldn't f- track her down. But um, yeah, there's a, all the, there were all these kids just living in the hospital because they just got abandoned. It was so sad. How long ago was this? This was a long time ago, actually. This was like probably 2002 or three. Oh my God. See, it would be even, it would be interesting also to go back now and see if you could to see what find would them happen. again. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Um, that would be a great documentary. I would love to see that. Maybe it would make it full length, like a person should maybe make a documentary. 
not like a 52 minute documentary. Uh, it's really well edited though. I mean, the editor was great. I shot it. I've, I really should just be, you know, behind the camera. You absolutely. Yeah. You was your dad, but your dad was not a hypochondriac, right? No, my dad never not are. They never are. They don't, they're like, Oh, unless it's like literally hanging by a piece of skin, just like, just patch it up. No, he, they don't care. I remember my dad was in the backyard one day. This was this was like in the eighties. I was like super young, and he was he had one of those electric hedge trimmers, looks like a chainsaw. Yeah, and he was on a ladder, like trimming the hedges. Oh my god! And it, it slipped. Uh. He dropped the chainsaw, and it almost cut his finger all the way off. And he just went into the house, into the kitchen, and just wrapped like a paper towel around <laughs> it. And my mom was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You got to go to the hospital." He's like. I don't, he's like, no, it's fine. And she was oh like, God. no. And like when, whenever I would get injured, like I had multiple, you know, as a kid, like I would have to get stitches a bunch of times. He, yeah. he would always just do it in the kitchen. He'd be oh, like, yeah. he'd get a needle and thread. Oh my God. He so had like funny. lidocaine and he would just inject me and then like on the kitchen table, just give us stitches and stuff. I mean, what's wrong with that? Like that's, it's probably it's what better. I knew too. I was like, all right. Yeah. You, you got a skill set. When I'm 10, I'm not like, Dad, you really should take me to the hot. I was just like, <laughs> That's this, how you is, do it. this is how everyone's parents do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. This is all you need. I mean, who wants to go to the doctor? I mean, I don't Ugh. like going because every time I go to my little experience with doctors is, I mean, going to hospitals is like, you're going to die there more from something else you get there than, yes. than doing it. I mean, it, that's what the statistics say too, right? Yeah. It's, not more, it's, but it's very risky. Especially now. It's like whenever they can do a surgery as an outpatient procedure yes they always get do out it. of there they don't want people staying in the hospital well, it's torture because they're required to like check on you every two three hours so when i was in the hospital with the baby i had to stay five days or four days or something like that mm. because of a c-section and like you don't get sleep you don't not sleep no. for like a week they because, have to keep coming in yeah, to give you pills do your vitals you know and then yeah i i almost quit that was that was the worst I just went, almost went crazy. There were crazy nurses, too. They would just come in at all hours and squeeze your breasts. And I'm like, what is going on here? We're just pumping. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, uh, MRSA, which is, you know, the flesh-eating bacteria, yep. which is antibiotic, basically antibiotic resistant. It can eat anybody right now. Yeah. You can't fight it. It's a huge problem in hospitals. That's, yes. That's one of the main reasons they want to get you out of there. And my dad, when he was dying was in the hospital for, you know, uh, basically pneumonia and then, like, congestive heart failure. But while he was in the hospital, he got MRSA, oh, like, no. on his fucking foot. It's like, no. how the fuck did that happen? He's literally been laying in a bed in a yeah. room by himself. How does he now have a flesh-eating bacteria That's on his so fucking awful. foot? Um, so, yeah, I'm more than happy. Like when I had my kidney stone surgery, they're like, you come in, not even to a hospital. They go, you go to a surgery center and it was like, you are secluded. Just get out, yeah. They put you to sleep. You wake up and they're, they're like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've had a couple endoscopies too um, I because one. I have horrible acid reflux. So they had to be like, did you wear a hole in your esophagus or not? <laughs> I didn't. I mean, almost. But you anyway. Get ulcers? I know I have horrible acid reflux and I think it's all anxiety. I mean, it's partially diet. I could go on. Listen, you want to do an hour special just on my acid reflux? We could talk. And I could talk about acid reflux really? for days. Really? I, oh, we're, this is a good podcast. Download I, this, guys. 
Can I tell you, <clears throat> you know, I've been on the keto diet. We were talking before. I don't know what started. a keto diet is actually. Keto is stands for ketogenic and it's uh, or it's short for ketogenic and it's a diet that's high in protein and low in carbohydrates. Do you know what I ate for lunch? Come a on. peanut butter chocolate cupcake from down the street. It Yum. was really good actually. By yeah, the way. it sounds delightful. But I need I need And to it's hear Valentine's this. Day. No. Happy Valentine's Day, by uh, the way. <laughs> I just need to know what this diet is because I need to lose about ten pounds. I lost like 18 pounds, 18, 19 pounds in the first two weeks wow. of the keto diet. Granted, my trainer said most of that's water weight. Yeah, you're just Because you have water. a lot of water you're retaining. He's like, so that goes out really fast. And then it slows down to, you know, like a, a pound or two a week, you know. But I was also in the gym, so I'd, I'd build muscle. So I wasn't... You're doing heavy lifting? Yeah. Yeah. And so Yuck. ketogenic, he's like... You get in a thing called ketosis where your body's eating its own fat. And so you don't want to give it a lot of carbs. Yeah. And um, see, I was breastfeeding and I was, it was so hard to breastfeed that I just did anything to breast. And then that was just all carbs and oatmeal and like fats and stuff like that. And so since I'm almost finished, I'm almost finished. I think I am actually. To this morning, we did not do it. Nice. This could be my first day free. Look at you. Happy Valentine's to my titties. Ah! Yeah. Your free little titties. Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's. <laughs> oh my God, it's actually might be the first day. She's done this before though, and then she was like, "Try, try." She fully verbal now, so she's like, "May I have some titty, please?" So, <laughs> no, she does not no, say she, titty. She calls them milkies, and that is—I didn't even ever call them milkies. milkies. I never called them milkies. She made that up. Okay. I'm writing this down as a possible episode title: Milkies or Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Click, clickety click. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, I got so the first year I went like all lost all the weight and I was like down to my lowest even from before I uh, and I look great. And then you start weaning and your body's like, no, we have to make more milk to keep this infant alive. Yes. Let's become just real plump. And that's my problem now. So I'm hoping once I get all those weird hormones that make me have milk. Keto's gone, been great. It's and for the first for the first two weeks. My trainer was like, like it's it's actually high protein, low carbs. But for the first two weeks, he's like, I don't want you to have any carbs. Wow, no sugar, no just nothing, um, because they had done like a full body workup scan, blood work, and everything. So he's like, before before this happened, and he's like, I want to see how your body reacts to two weeks of just pure eating of protein and vegetables and stuff. I was like, all right, oh, it's so bad. It was brutal for the first six days. I thought I was sick. I was like, I and all I could think about was shit that I never would eat in general. There was one no, day really I wore, I woke up, the first thing that entered my brain as soon as my eyes opened was uh, Oreo cookie and cream Blizzard, <laughs> and I haven't had one in twenty years. And uh, I yeah. and I was like. Oh my god, that would be fucking great right now. And my brain's like, "Go get one." And I was like, "No, I no, can't." No, I have self control. But then you're tortured because you think about it all the time. But you know, at a certain point, I don't know if this happened to you. Okay, so I, I have, so I have a long journey of trying to get pregnant. But basically, I have a very expensive baby because I spent all my savings conceiving her. But um, be, when it didn't work, I did IVF and I implanted a couple of embryos, and they didn't work, and it was very upsetting to me. So then I took six months off, and <laughs> in the process of doing this. I went to an Ayurvedic uh, spa in town up oh, in the Palisades, wow. and I spent an inordinate amount of money to do a two-week sort uh, a, a week of cleansing. Okay, define it's Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. It's Indian. It's like a traditional. There's like a, tr a very deep 
uh, V-E-D-I-C? Ayurvedic. A- why you don't ask me to spell this but i do vedic meditation oh okay so there is well anyway so ayurvedic it's a it's a kind of cleanse that you can do it you mm-hmm. know is i i'm i'm going to sound ignorant because i don't know the provenance of it and i basically culturally appropriated this cleanse okay, okay. i apologize for this so <laughs> but for the two weeks leading up to the cleanse i could only eat lentils and rice white rice lentils no raw food I love and then that, uh, some sauteed like kale or butternut squash, like it was, a, it was like five things. Very That's bland. All I could it's eat so super bland for two weeks, and I have to tell you, it was transformative. Yeah. and I was never hungry because the lentils exactly. are protein. It's protein. And then after a while, I didn't lose that much weight. I lost like maybe five pounds or whatever. Mm. But at the end, I for, I would forget to eat because mm. I had taken away that sort of like pleasure trigger for food, and I would yeah. be sitting in the bathtub. I'm like, oh no, I didn't eat dinner. I'm not hungry I'm necessarily. Not hungry. But I don't need to eat. And then after that, I started adding things into my diet again after I did the cleanse, which involved a lot of like enemas, which I was not prepared for. I just thought it was massages. So when they came in with a tube and a bag, I was like, what did I pay for? Yeah, yeah. It was a little, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, so expensive for my butt. Anyway, so. (laughs) But I would add, I started adding things back into my diet and I noticed like I would add, I would literally see like, oh, avocado, I can't eat it ever again. Or sugar causes yeah. acid reflux. Like yes. I would be able to see exactly what really messed my stomach up, which I don't really pay attention to a hundred percent. But if I do, I feel so much better. That's what I was going to say uh, regarding the uh, keto diet is for those first few weeks, I was not having acid reflux. Mm. I was not having sinus issues because I also wasn't eating dairy. I know the milk. Uh, I have this. I have these bumps on the back of my arm that are like dry skin bumps. I don't know what they're called. I have those too. Yeah. Well, after I stopped, I think it was the dairy. Your skin it, really. My clears skin up. was like woo smoothie. Yeah, I and I, and you can have like dairy because there's really no carbs. You can have cheese and dairy on this diet, but like. I've only ever had cheese on bread, like, yeah, or yeah. in a quesadilla. So I just wasn't eating the cheese. And there was a point at like eight or nine days in where I was like, I can breathe completely clear through my nose. I don't feel stuffy. Are you doing that now? Or you've been back on dairy and you're all stuffy? No, I've got like an I iced, mean, I'm looking. I was like, um, coffee what's... there. And, okay. Um, and that's because of the surgery I had two weeks ago. It's fine. The recovery, I was like, I couldn't go to the gym. So I was like... You need something pleasurable. I need comfort food. Yeah. So I, I kind of went off the rails a little bit, but I'm not judging you. I just I literally had a peanut butter chocolate cookie. I sh- I shouldn't have I'm peanut so peanut butter <laughs> chocolate or sugar. Okay. So my days, but I, I it was either that I was so hungry I forgot to eat and it took long to get here because you know people can't drive in the rain. Yeah. And I was like, it's either Taco Bell or this, and oh. I'd, I I'd rather have this cute little lesser cupcake. of two evils. I've never I've never had Taco Bell since like before college, so I'm not going there again. That felt like entering a cave. That's like, oh, <laughs> this is middle age. Peanut Don't butter, go a huge issue for my uh, acid reflux. Really? Well, it's fat. If I eat, I used to like peanut butter sandwiches. Peanut butter and jelly were my fucking favorite. So good. And I would all often just like late at night. Just be like, oh, I'm fucking hungry. I'd make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's perfect food. If I would do that, I would almost always wake up like a couple hours later in the middle of the night with just the worst acid in my uh, throat. I, I can't eat past like six. No. I have to eat like four hours before I go to bed. And if I eat anything with slightly with onions, because everything's in onions, right? Yeah. It, it, onion has, it's, just an, it's a default kind of yeah. like, but it's awful. So I have to take a Zantac before I go to bed. Also, or I wake up, like, I will have panic attacks in the night because I think my body's like, oh, you're burning me from the inside. I'm being immolated 
by onions. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night with acid reflux so bad that like the room's pitch black and you don't know what's going on, but you're like, you feel like you're about to throw up like just pure acid. You're like, <laughs> no throw up, but I know that I, I'm burning inside. Like I feel yeah. like there's something in my body being wounded right now. Like a special like. You and you know, take Zantag like, or Tagamet? I, I take Zantag is the only thing that works for me. Any I've been on all the drugs and I can't digest the food if I'm on like Omnetsapro or oh. Propanol, you know, like any of that stuff. So, and I hate taking it. And all the studies say if you're on those things long term, it's really bad for your health and your bone density and all this stuff. So I was like, well, I occasionally take a Zantac. Zantac's it. great. It's fine. It right? was what I, it, I started taking it in college because my first year of college, I was a biology major and was so stressed out by the time we got to the first bit of finals that um, I, I, I thought I was dying. And so we went to, we <laughs> went to the doctor and they did an endoscopy. They're, oh, they're that's like, when you got endoscopy. Did you yeah, have ulcers? I had ulcers. Oh, <gasps> wow. And um, also he, he was like, there's like, like, not scar tissue. He's like, but there's issues. That's what I have in, in my esophagus. Yeah. Esophagus well, there's, there's a thing from... called Barrett's esophagus that you can get. And that's what they thought I had for a while because I was so stressed out when I had, I was running a company that I just, I literally was a withered crone inside. Yeah. But when I stopped and then I'm always like, oh, it's cause you had two coffees tonight or you be, it's all stress related. Like really, I could probably eat a whole onion and go to sleep <laughs> fine if I'm like totally chill. Yeah. It was, um, it was amazing because they're like here, and they had to prescribe Zantac. It wasn't over the oh, counter. Oh yeah, I remember that. How did did that got rid of the ulcers? Yeah, it was amazing. You know, ulcers are a bacteria, though, right? Yeah. So it's not. They used to think that it was a lot of other things, but they just are like, oh, we just get rid of this bacteria. It, for me, really, the biggest difference I noticed was my throat. My throat. Yeah. Um, as far as the ulcers, I changed majors and. What did you major in? Art. Oh wow! And was immediately like, oh. So happy. Felt so great. Um, Did you feel great after you graduated because you were in debt and couldn't find a job? No. I All I felt was, well, I did feel good that it was done, but I was like, I think I just wasted like five <laughs> five years. I go, that was ridiculous. I mean, you had a good time though. I had a great time. And you found yourself as a person. I started to. All right. I'm not I'm, judging I'm you. still doing that. I'm almost uh, I mean, 50 and I'm still listen, doing that. We'll, we'll never know. When you got the end endoscopy, was it fucking really awkward too? Them putting the camera down your throat? Were you? No, awake? I can remember. They they lock you. Out. I've had three of them, and each of them times I was just I did Twilight. They, yeah, Twilight. It's so good. I see why Michael Propofol. Jackson did it. Yeah, like for real. Like I have such hard time. Like the idea that a, a human individual could go to sleep before laying in bed for an hour, just kind of staring at, at the wall, thinking is crazy to me. Yeah, and then I see people who go to sleep on the plane, and I honestly want to stab them in the throat with something sharp. I cannot sleep on a plane. I hate people who can I do could that. I could take two Benadryl, and I wouldn't be able no. to sleep on a plane. No, I have to be. I mean, even a flatbed across. I mean, I could be. <sighs> yeah. I d I did use Ambien one time, but that just made me psychotic. Yeah, I will never take it. I have a friend who took Ambien, and she she like she was an insomniac. Just, oh. and she took an Ambien once. She lived up. On the corner, not the corner, but right by Hollywood Boulevard and Cherokee. Mm -hmm. And this was probably like 15 years ago. And she took an Ambien to go to sleep one night. Woke up the next morning and was just like, Jesus Christ, I had the craziest fucking dreams. She goes, I dreamt that I drove to Del Taco and tried ordering boxes in ah. the drive-thru because she was moving. And then um, 
like she got up and her like her legs and feet hurt. And she's like, <gasps> what the fuck's going on? And then she went out and her car was gone. What? And so she called up a friend. She goes, just on a hunch, she goes, hey, can you come give me a ride to Del Taco? <laughs> and it was the Del Taco that was on Santa Monica and Highland. Oh, no, that's a far... That is a... So she walked that's home. That's like two and a half miles. She didn't know she walked home. She goes, just on a hunch, can you... That's t- where all the prostitutes hang out, too. I know. At that Chaco thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Benito's Yeah, was Benito's. We used to be. It's not there anymore, guys. It's Sorry, all gone. I'm it's not all, giving you a clue. Okay, it's all drug stores, and I, I think like it's there's a Trejo's ta- the donuts. It's very good. There's like a gay and lesbian center there now. Yeah, it's, it's the, not the as prostitutes bad are as, gone as the '90s. Yeah, but I wasn't she, here in the '90s, but early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I was here in the mid '90s. All she, right, you're older than she me. goes. Just on a hunch, she goes, "Can you give me a ride to Del Taco?" And she, her friend's like, "Yeah, it comes and gets her." They go to Del Taco. Her car is in the parking lot. Oh my god! She walks in. And the manager's still there. He had been doing a double shift. Like he was on the graveyard and he was still there. And she walks in and he goes, oh, look who it is. What? <laughs> Just like in a movie. That's incredible. Oh, look who it is. And she goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, I'm assuming you're here for your keys. And she goes. Oh, my God. Yeah. He. Uh, she's like, I don't remember a lot. And he's like, of course not. You were super drunk. And she goes, I was not drunk. He goes, are you kidding me? He goes, you pulled into our drive-thru and you were screaming at me to give you boxes. <laughs> and she goes, I promise you I was not drunk. I was." She goes, I took Ambien. Oh. And so do you, be- do you believe Roseanne? No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've Not really. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. You know, like it, half and half. It might let out something underneath that you're keeping suppressed. So she, your friend, really went boxes, and Roseanne really was racist. Maybe. Well, yeah, it's that whole in vino veritas where it's like there's yeah. truth in to everything, in, in right? Wine. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, she got her keys and was just like, "Wow, oh my god!" I they took my keys from me and I walked home at like. I don't know. That's two really or dangerous. Three this is LA. You don't do that, okay? No, Warning sign. Not in that neighborhood. Nope. Even even her neighborhood on Cherokee. Not a good is neighborhood. Horrible. No. Terrible. <clears throat> so I just based on that story she told like years ago, I was like, I'm never gonna take Ambien because I don't No. Like just, even the the when I came out of my um sleep from having the kidney stone surgery, I think they used for that they used something a little more powerful than pro yeah, because you go, go full sleep. Yeah. So I woke up so high that I was like chatting up the nurses. Uh, like, oh no! There was a nurse named Gail. I, she's the only one whose name I could remember. But I woke up and all of a sudden you're in a new room and you're confused. And I, there's a girl I know. I'm like, hey, Gail. Wow. And she's like, she comes over. I go, Gail, when can I leave? She goes, we have to make sure you can pee first because you just I know, had- it's so upsetting. to. I had a couple, actually, now I remember, I had a couple fiber, I have the whole, I, I had like 17 procedures over three years to try to get pregnant. Oh, but geez. a couple of them were fibroid surgeries where they have to go in and literally clean up whole like craters inside of your uterus, like literally yeah. like rocks. Yeah. Um, and then I couldn't pee. So they almost like were like, you can't leave you for can't a whole leave night. You can't leave until you prove to us you can pee. And I it's was like, like really upsetting. I was like, I can pee, Gail. Give me that. And it was that little square <laughs> yeah, bottle the square with the handle. Yeah, square little bottle with a weird handle. It's like the weirdest shape. The kind that hangs on the rail. Yes. And she's like, prove to us that you can pee. And Those would be good to store like cereal in. I, I took one home. I still have it. <laughs> I'm not going to... St- actually, I left it in my car because I'm like, hey, if I'm ever on a road trip, this is actually great it's to It's the pee only in. thing you could pee in. I've peed in a Starbucks cup. It's not. I have too. It's not good. 
And she goes, just. It wasn't even a venti. It was a grande. <laughs> it was a tall. <laughs> she goes, Steve, you need, you need to prove to us you can pee. I'm like, Gail, give me that bottle. And I didn't even give a shit. I just pull my gown up. Just they don't like, care. Grab my penis. And I, I start pissing into it. I've told this before, but like. Right in it front was, of her? Right in front of her. It was pure blood. Oh, God. She goes. <laughs> Yuck. She goes, don't worry about that. I go, Gail, I'm not worried. I go, but I'm not going to lie. If I wasn't this high, I would probably faint right now because uh, that looks horrible. And she's like, that's just because of the surgery. She's like, it'll get better over the next day. Did and you send Gail flowers? I should. She yeah, was, you really should. She was really awesome. I mean, she made an impact through your, <laughs> Gail, through your stoneness. I was so high. Oh, boy. That's not bad, though. I mean, it, it, it's bought, you know, anesthesiologist as a, as a practice. Um, they become drug addicts pretty easily. They have a very, my, very my high dad, percentage. You know, my dad was an anesthesiologist and proudly never lost a patient in all the years that he was practicing. But um, I, I, I don't think he ever used it. I mean, he seemed... No, no, no. It's just they're, they're around oh, yeah, the drugs yeah. all the time. So they have a, the highest percentage of drug abuse w- within sort of like the medical community because they're just like, that's their thing. It's pretty rampant in general, I think, in the in general, medical yeah. community. I mean, there was a whole arc on House about. <laughs> oh, really? God, the, oh, yeah, the, the right, you know, I was on House. You were? Uh huh. I was a guest star. I loved House. It was a good show. You probably watched my episode. I played Apple, a, uh, what was it? A blind architect, I believe. That sounds familiar. <laughs> was I a blind architect or? Or a blonde architect. I remember it was something <laughs> like I brought it up to the writer, and it was the kind of show you don't bring up something like that. Like they needed me to be a blind architect or something, or a de- uh, it was something. <laughs> It was just bad. I was just like, really? I'm an architect named Apple? Who's blind? I'm not sure if I was blind or not because I don't remember being blind. I threw up a lot. I remember I threw up and then Hugh Laurie was like, that was good. Like he complimented oh, my throwing. Your character threw up a lot. My character threw up a lot. Do you throw up? In, I had sort of a brain. A I, I think I had a brain aneurysm or something. I don't know. I can't. I literally can't remember. I just remember how hot Hugh Laurie was. And I was like, of all the people I've ever worked with, he would be the one I would like go in the trailer if I. I'm not going to lie. He is a really good looking man. He would stand outside. He's so much hotter than in house though. Like, cause he would stand outside in like a mo- black motorcycle leather jacket next to his Indian motorcycle oh. smoking, even though that's so unattractive, I'd be like, this is the hottest man ever. Yeah. He and was very nice too. And he's British, which the, yes. the accent is really Which cool. he was always down on his accent. On the set, he was like, fuck, that was just terrible. And I was like, I literally didn't know you were British. <laughs> but he was so hard on himself. Uh, it was not like the most fun set, to be honest with you. It had like a sort of a very grim pallor to it. Yeah, it's a drama. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was lovely. He was really nice and hot. Yeah, the whole underlying, there was a whole underlying arc in the, sh- the whole series that he was addicted to painkillers uh, because, you know, he walks yeah, with yeah, that yeah. cane he and the co- limp. The so he, he, he was a, an addict, but um, hmm. he's also in a band with Greg Grunberg. Do you know that? I don't know that. I know Greg. I didn't know they were in a band together. Does he live here anymore? I don't know. This was during House, so he oh. that, the band's still going. Greg, Greg Grunberg knows everybody. Greg is still in the band, but I don't think Hugh Laurie is. It's called Band from TV. Oh, so oh it's yeah. A bunch of actors. Wasn't it Hayden Panettiere in that for a while or something? Maybe. I know. I don't remember. Kevin Weissman from Alias. Uh-huh. He was in it. All the white men. All the white guys. Great. God, thank God we have them doing a band. <laughs> thank God we need more of their musical expression. White actors from TV. <laughs> um, Boy. Yeah, so drugs. No drugs. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, I had hernias. So I, so I had hernias when I was, I'm just trying to think of what How I How did you get a hernia? You. From ballet class. 
Oh yeah, because you were a ballet dancer. I was a ballet I, dancer, I, but I was a teenager, and then I got I developed a hernia on the right side, and my dad had it, so I clearly have like weak hernia whoa. areas. But it's worse for a guy because your your whole I think your whole penis can fall off. That's not medically well, it, accurate, it, it but really it can be really bad. It affects your testicles. Yeah, your testicles. That's it. I don't have them. So, but I did have a big bubble, and I was like, oh, it's weird that I have you a got bubble the pouch. down there. Yeah, I had a pouch on one side, but then they fixed one side, and they were like, oops, you have a pouch on the other. So I had to go in for two surgeries. That's, but that a, pain, was, that's a painful surgery, right? It was it was painful. And now I have, so I've basically, I have like a V of scars there. And then right above it, I have a very long C-section scar. So like my porn, I just can't do it, I guess. It's just something <laughs> disqualified. Is, like it a, <laughs> the, is it the V that the looks like, you know how guys or even girls get that those muscles? Kind of like that, that but look, like much smaller down on my vagina. I have it. Above my vagina. <laughs> I have a... Uh, um, an appendix scar. Oh, you did appendicitis? I had one when I was 18. Wow. And this was, ba- I don't know how That's long. That's my dream surgery. Is it really? Well, my friend got it out and I was, it was, he almost, I mean, it was terrible. Do you know Tony Collette had her appendix removed and she lied just because she wanted to have it out as a kid? What? She, she kept lying about appendix pain to the point where the doctor- she wanted appendix she out? She wanted to have her appendix out. As a kid, read this on like Google it. it I is, will have to look that up. That's insane. It is fucking fascinating. She told it on a, you can actually see her telling it on a talk show, but she- It's uh, kind of like the, the romantic thing that a kid, because it's like not lethal, but it's like dangerous. So you feel like, yeah. oh, I'm going, it's the safest- surgery so that she, you think you could have she kept saying she was having pains wow. in her abdomen on the right side and they were like we can't find anything wrong and so finally they just removed her appendix and it wow. wasn't until years later that she was like yeah it, it actually has a function Does it, it has a function in that yeah it has something to do with uh and i didn't read the whole article article okay i'm sorry <laughs> but it has something to do with helping the um the the flora of your uh, body kind of still, regenerate that's super important though because no, listen, I'm fascinated by this because as a person who has stomach problems, the flora and fauna of your stomach affects Everything. your whole body. And, and they've been doing a lot of studies about like probiotic use and and also I read this article about probiotics are not necessarily that good after <sighs> because you have to have a customized probiotic. So if oh. you take your own custom um, flora out of your poop and then implant it back in your stomach, then you'll recover from uh, things much better no but just shit. a r- generic probiotic doesn't work for everybody because it's not the same flora you particularly have and then in autism they've been doing like uh, a lot of experimentation with uh, the flora like playing with the flora and it's actually inc- uh, it helps no shit anyway those are all the headlines I read about it I haven't didn't go any deeper than that feel free to google that's what I dreamt about when I, have, do you ever take probiotics I did for a while and then I um, I stopped because I just am lazy I take them I don't take them regularly. Regular, I don't take them regularly, but I do take them if I'm taking antibiotics for something. Well, that's I, what I'm saying. There was a study that said people think that they recover faster, but it has to be cut. It has to associate with your already existing flora. Otherwise, you're putting foreign flora in there, and it takes longer for your stomach to recover. Oh. So, in in a sense, somebody who created a company that did customized probiotics for people would a probably be pretty awesome and make a lot of money because if yeah. you have your custom sort of like, you know, recipe, then that actually helps. You're reintroducing what was already there. I do notice though when I if I get like food poisoning or the flu or something and have diarrhea, I will take it would help. I will take probiotics and like within 
an hour or two, it, it's... I just forgot to do it. It's gone. I, I did it for a while. It, it helped. But then is it psychosomatic or not? You know what I'm saying? Also, That's I, the thing where I'm like, I don't. if it is psychosomatic, It works, fine. right? Yeah. You're, play, you're paying for a placebo. it's a placebo, placebo and it works, Whatever. then great. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, how long ago did you have your hernia? So you were doing... That it. was in college. So after that, I had, I went many years with uh, no health problems. And then I developed severe anxiety. Oh, I've always had severe anxiety. So mental health is always something I've always had a problem with. Do you take but, anything for your mental health? Um, oh, this is a good start. So about last last May, I went to a physical and I, um, because I think I burned my thyroid out. I think Oprah did this too. I read a headlines <laughs> over that. I read nothing but headlines. But uh, she burned her thyroid out from stress too. And I feel like, well, we're friends. We should be friends. Oprah, call me. But I burn my thyroid out of stress, so I have a, a slow thyroid now. So what does and, that mean? What are the symptoms of that? Um, gaining weight, dry skin, depression, uh, lethargy, uh, weak nails, uh, hair falling out. Do you have um, circulation problems, like like body temperature um, issues? No. Although after my baby, I did develop like restless leg, which I think if oh. I just took magnesium, it'd be fine. But it does help. But anyway, so when I tried to get pregnant, they found I had this crazy thyroid problem. So I went on thyroid medicine. I had to be on it for, for forever. And then last May, I went to have a, a general checkup. And then the doctor was like, well, you don't really need this anymore. So he just took me off it. And I had the worst summer of my life because I developed a depression. Yeah. Like for four or five months that I literally couldn't. I mean, I was just like, well, I might as well just uh, disappear. I guess I have to take care of this baby. So I developed. It's like I developed postpartum. Uh, post postpartum. Post postpartum. Yeah. Really late because he took me off a very. It's a nominal dose of Synthroid. Um, I don't even know what that is. It's basically what you take if you have a slow thyroid. So and I and then somebody online when I posted about this on my own podcast, um, Felicitations. It's where I talk to myself for forty five minutes every two that's weeks, great. guys. Check it out. I have something else to promote too. That's actually more Absolutely. important. So we'll talk about that at the yeah, end when will. people stop listening. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, no one will stop listening. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, but but a psychiatrist said, oh yes, sometimes we, we prescribe a, a a low dose of Synthroid for people who are depressed. So I was like, oh. So it totally makes sense. So I went back on it, and within three weeks, I was feeling like a functional adult again. Do you still take it? I take it every day. I take 50, uh, 50 I've milligrams never heard a day. Of it, but I, I've been on Lexapro for fifteen years. My friend Will was on Lexapro. Yeah, oh, and yeah, he, I know. Will. It's a, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a uh, it's a lifesaver I for think a lot Will of people. Will and I talked about it on my other podcast. But... Oh, your other podcast, the one I didn't do two years ago. Well, I was pregnant. It's fine. Oh yeah, that's right. You um, have an excuse. I was literally thinking about doing it. And then I went back on the thyroid medicine and I was like, oh, so I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not stable. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I really it's should be on though, Xanax or something, but. Just slight changes in any part of your life can throw you into depression. Exactly. I'm very susceptible. I am too. I had the kidney stone surgery. Sorry to keep going back to this. Listen, like, it's new and fresh. I had it two weeks ago. And so they left the stent in me. And so I couldn't exercise. I couldn't go to the gym, which uh, I had been doing for two months. Yeah. And I basically just laid on the couch and got super, like, almost more depressed than I've ever been. Like, wow. depressed on the same level as when my dad had passed away. I was just, like, on the couch. But you're addicted to the endorphins. So essentially, yes. you were going through withdrawal. And also just reflecting on, oh, I'm in I'm in bad shape right now physically. We're all mortal, okay? I'm about to turn 50. Like, it was so, like, Ooh, just dark. I'm sorry. For, like, a week, it was just, like, really dark. Then they went in, they took the stent out, and, like, within an hour, I was just like, 
All right. Let me, you know. It's like a constant reminder that you're just meat. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're all just meat and we're going to die soon. Like we could all die tomorrow. Like I think about that all the time. Especially if you have a baby, you're like, you suddenly become like obsessed with, I have to live just to get her over let, the hump. Let me ask you this. Cause I, uh, my friend Adam had, uh, he was a huge hypochondriac like I am and neurotic. Mm-hmm. He's the most neurotic person I've ever really? met. Really? Could we have a contest? Yeah. I could beat Adam. I don't know. He is bananas. <laughs> um, and so he had, him and his wife had a baby. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great for him. Because I had always heard that people who were like hypochondriac and germaphobes and nervous about their own health, as soon as they have a baby, they're like, you're just focused on your baby. You're not thinking about yourself no. anymore. Is that true? No. Well, okay. Because he so, was, I asked him and he's like, nope, I'm worse than ever. You're worse than ever because basically now all those things that I turned down for money, like for artistic integrity in the past, I'm like, why the fuck didn't you take all the money? Because like you realize the older you get, you know, you your, your opportunities are not flourishing the older you get. Okay, by the way, yeah. uh, especially as a woman. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And as a mother, people put you in this like the guy, the, the look of death in a man's eye. Uh, compared to what, how interested they are you are in are you at a party, if you mention your child, it's just like something in their like their pilot like goes off, and they literally <laughs> looking for anything to talk to other than you. It's great. It's a really good. We feeling. are the worst. I, uh, anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, but then at the same time, you're like, I have to keep this thing alive, right? Yeah. And the funny thing about me is that I was kind of the like a lot of people who do IVF and get their eggs out, um, they go crazy on the medication. I was the most stable I've ever been. In my life when I was on those It's drugs. hormonal, right? It's hormonal. Exactly. Therapy, All hormones. Yeah. And so when I did the implantations, so they have to put you on more drugs, and I did estrogen patches to get uh, to do implantations, and I did two of them that failed. Um, yeah. And I went crazy. Yeah. The estrogen patches. So after I took six months off to re- like kind of reboot the whole process for and my baby's third choice, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I got the Do one I needed. Do not tell your baby this. I will never tell her that. One day she'll hear this like, hey, You're mom, my little miracle. She's the one I needed, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's fine. But um, I didn't do any drugs to do that, which they normally never let people do. And I was like, I just want to do it without drugs. And that one worked. Wow. So, because I was not insane. So the estrogen patches made me insane. And so for my pregnancy, I was super stable up until uh, about 24 weeks, 25 weeks when it's kind of viability time. And then it became yeah. my responsibility to like check the heartbeat, you know. So I don't, this is going to bore anybody who doesn't have a child. But so before that, it's like if something happens, I can't do anything about it, right? So that's they like can't, you're, what is this, like six months? Around you're six about months? six months. Yeah. So you do this 20 week scan and you make sure they have organs and stuff, right? Yeah. And sometimes they don't. Yeah. And this is why you sort of like quote unquote late term abortions um, happen and uh, need to be a, uh, an option for women because horrible things you could find horrible things about your fetus then and that's and really also yourself it, yeah or yourself exactly you could die there could be you know so this is kind of that's kind of the tipping point at which you find something really horrendous um that could break your you know change your life forever in sure. a horrible way so yeah. anyway <clears throat> so once we got past that scan and i was like oh okay everything's okay i was like whoo but then i got another f- month uh, to be like, uh, well, you know, it's not really, something could still happen. I couldn't do anything about it. But then at a certain point, like around 27, 28 weeks, they can keep a baby alive if they're born. Yeah, but it's yeah. kind of on the mom. You start to have to count kicks 
So basically, you're hyper aware of what's going on in there. And if you don't feel a kick for a couple hours, it's like on you that you didn't go to the doctor that something went wrong, right? Yeah. So then I couldn't, I, I was like a paranoid mess for like three and a half months. Are you setting your, your iPhone timer to be like, oh, I mean, okay, it's been I, two hours. Yes. Oh, it's been four I mean, hours. no, you're just consciously aware of it, right? Because you're carrying a beach ball around. It's uncomfortable and terrible. So anyway, so that made me more. And then after she was born, um, I didn't really have postpartum depression. I had pro- postpartum like anxiety. So I went to the doctor yes. convinced that I had a heart defect. I had like a CT you know, a scan. Like, the doctor was convinced or you, I was you convinced. were convinced? I was yeah, convinced because yeah. I was like, oh, there's this rare thing that some women get when they have heart palpitations that they just die two weeks after getting birth. Were you getting heart palpitations? I was 100% heart palpitations. I'm, I've been dealing with that for a couple of years. Now. Yeah. Well, I think that's what triggers my anxiety too. Me too. Because I have a slight heart murmur, but it's so slight. But I think I just blame everything on the heart murmur. Do you notice it more times than others? Oh yeah, auditions. Yeah. Basically, I, f- I can I'll never get a job auditioning because I'm a f- I'm a mess. <laughs> I just collapse, and then I'm like, it's not my fault. It's my body telling me this is not a good profession. Why am I still here? I was getting them so bad that I was convinced I had some kind of blockage or something. Oh in my heart. really? And then Kevin Smith had his heart attack. I think on my birthday, like <gasps> two years, a year or two ago. And he I looks was so good now, though. Amazing, and so I. I was like, okay, he's like two years younger than me. I have to get a, I, I so I went because of him. I went to a cardiologist. They did a, a nuclear stress test, which is what do they do? They blow you up inside. It's they put you on. It's like a regular stress test where you get on the treadmill and they have the EKGs to to uh, watch your heart rate and everything. But then they inject. You go in in the morning and then they inject a radioactive isotope into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you have to sit for about 45 minutes in the office while it circulates through your oh. heart. And how did your superpowers manifest? Oh, I, it, I, I, it made <laughs> me super insane. Uh, so then you, then after it's gone through your heart, you go into a room and you sit in this chair and you're like surrounded by cameras and the chair over a period of about 15 to 20 minutes moves in little what? increments. Oh, that sounds awful. And you can't move. Like you're really oh, strapped Oh, no. In, and it just kind of moves slowly. And it. That's like having an MRI. I mean, that's awful. Yeah, it scans your heart like Ooh. 360 degrees. And then you go into a room and they put you on a treadmill. And then they get your heart rate up to like, eight, they, they raise your heartbeat like 60 to 80% or something like yeah. that. And you have to hold that for three minutes. That's so scary. It is terrifying. And then... Did they find anything? No. So I go oh. in and I, I get the scan. Oh, and while he's he's injecting this into my blood, the doctor goes, um, he goes, are you planning on traveling anytime soon? And I go, no. He goes, okay. He's like, I just have to mention that because you will you would set off uh, the, the, dete- Bomb detectors? The, the detectors oh because gosh. of the radioactive isotope. Wow. And uh, he's like, so if you were going to fly, we'd have to give you a note or something to show the TSA. And I was just like, fuck. And, he, and, he, and then he goes, this is just a normal dose of radiation. He's like, it's the same as if you spent 20 minutes in the sun or went on a flight from L.A. to New York. Which, which freaked me out. Oh, no. Because I fly a lot. I do conventions. I fly for like. And when I read I didn't about. I know this was a thing. No, it's. You know how much radiation, but then I'm like, every flight attendant doesn't die of weird cancer. No, so then don't. it's fine. Do you and know he, what I'm saying? He goes, or a flight from LA to New York. And I go, stop. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? I go, 
I go, that's a thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're exposed to radiation. I didn't want to take my baby on a flight because I got really nervous that as a young child, she shouldn't be exposed to. And then I I was like, you're crazy. So I was crazy. (laughs) But that's so crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's not right. And then you get on the treadmill and um, he's like, so your heartbeat's, you know, whatever, 120 or something. He goes, we have to get it up like 60 or 80. I'm bad with math. I know you're great with math. But he's, I used he's to like, be. we got to get your My heart. My brain isn't the same it was. He goes, we have to get your heartbeat up to, I think, 180. And, and That's so, a lot, right? Yes. And so they get you on the treadmill and every three minutes the, the Just treadmill. Just send you an audition. <laughs> it, every three minutes the treadmill uh, inclines a little bit wow. more. And then, and so it, it, we, I've been doing, I've been on it for like 15 minutes and my heartbeat would get to like uh, 179. Oh. Like it wouldn't get to 180. And oh they're my like, God. they're like, we just need you to get to 180. And I, I was just like dying. And then they get you to 180. Finally, I get to 180 and they're like, now, then they re-inject you with the same stuff. Oh my stuff. God, this is like the most elaborate situation ever. Yeah, dude. They re-inject you and you have to keep that heart rate for three minutes. So so then you go back in and do the scan so they have a contrasting resting heartbeat and elevated heartbeat. Okay, whatever, man. He said it's the most... Uh, um, comprehensive. Comprehensive it's... scan of a heart they can do. And afterwards he was like, yeah, you have no blockage. Everything looks good. You have good. nothing happening. Now I want everybody I love to get this scan. I That was my thing. I was like, this is the most comprehensive. And he's like, yeah. I go, everyone should fucking do this. Like, yeah. Well, how do you get, you have to request it? Did your insurance pay for it? My insurance paid for it, yeah. What? How do you qualify for it? I think you, you could probably do it just by calling the it. cardiologist my... and going, I've been having heart palpitations. Oh. And they would just do it. Okay. But, because, you know, people just find out, like, oh, I just had a whole part of my heart blocked. Yeah. All I mean, that's what Kevin's was wow. 100% blocked. That's in, incredible. In the valve that they call the widow And he's maker. young. He's young and he... He's like 47. Incredible. Well, I'm not old like that yet. <laughs> and by the way... Soon. Like, I, I, would, I would encourage everyone to just go lie and go, I have heart palpitations. I have them. Do but you... I literally... When I, I, I woke up all night last night just having, like my heart racing and panic attacks all night. But when I'm un- under stress is what happens. And yeah. now I actually know It's because you're better. writing. It's because I have a deadline and I don't think I'm going. And like just other things. Like, I'm sorry, being a parent is like, I was such a good workaholic before and now I'm just a piece of poo. <laughs> like I'm overwhelmed by, like I, I had to deal with jury duty today. And I was just <sighs> like, what? But then if you have, you take care of a child, which I do uh, during you the day. You get out. You can get out, which I knew. But I was like, okay, this is the best thing about reproducing right now. I moved and I never gave my new address. So you... I don't get jury summons. <laughs> they go to my old address. <gasps> and they don't do anything. You probably but have a warrant out for your arrest. It's been you know? eight or nine years. No, because I can still, you know, I, I go into the DMV and re-register my car. And there's no, usually if there's something like even an outstanding parking ticket, yeah. they're like, we can't give you your registration. Oh, and there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. Well, and if they said you haven't come in for jury duty, I can always just say I've never gotten the summons. Yeah, it's true. Your deniability, plausible deniability. That but, is a that is a defense that's I've heard on TV, so it, it totally works. Yeah, and I I have a friend who, uh, I mean, speaking of lying to have a medical procedure done, she. Uh, my friend Autumn, she's been the same weight like her whole like adult life, mm-hmm. like no fluctuation at all. And then Good a few years her. ago, 
she just randomly gained like two pounds, which for most people would be like, yeah, that's it's not nothing. a big deal. For her, she was like, I've never, my weight has never changed. Well, you get old, you get fatter. I'm sorry. Okay. So just, she, ugh. she goes to the doctor, they're doing all these tests and for some reason she's like, I think it's my thyroid. <gasps> and they're like, well, all these tests seem fine. I don't, we don't think it's your thyroid. She's like, will you, will you check it? And they're like, no, we don't need to check your thyroid. And she went to a different doctor and, and they're like, yeah, everything's fine. It's just, yeah, you're getting older. She's like, I think it's my thyroid. And they're wow. like, we have no reason to think it's your thyroid. And she lied and said, my mom had thyroid cancer. <gasps> Total lie. And they're like, oh, you should have told us. All right, we'll do, we'll check. She had thyroid cancer. She had thyroid she cancer? She had thyroid cancer. Wait, what? Yeah. Just on a hunch. She was like, I think it's my thyroid. Because I have never gained a pound. I got to go to the thyroid doctor right now. <laughs> and so they removed her thyroid. That's tough. Wow. Wait, I'm worried. What are the what are the symptoms of thyroid cancer? Because I've gained like ten pounds and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, I, like you said, I think that's just part of getting older. No, no. What? I don't think. What are you your... talking about? You just give the, the complete opposite argument of that. Are you kidding, dude? I can give you my friend's info if you want to talk no, to her I'm about gonna it. No, I'm going to Google thyroid cancer. I mean, I am a WebMD specialist. Oh, yeah, me too. I uh, had to delete it from my phone, the app, because I was like... I, didn't, I don't do apps. I told my friend the other day I want to do a website for hypochondriac actors called WebIMD, <laughs> WebIMDB, <laughs> where you can upload your resumes and x-rays and die. Listen, I would love any actor that had, like, I uh, I was on the set of Magicians, um, yeah. and I, there's a guy uh, plays Josh, and he and I talked for two and a half hours about uh, acid reflux. Yeah. And he swears by, um, uh, what was it that he loves? Uh, celery juice. I have a friend who has IBS and celery another friend who it? has Crohn's, and they've both been like, just recently, both just randomly, both started doing like celery juice. It's good. And have made. I'm obsessed they with notice. my instant pot, and I make bone broth now, and I'm obsessed with it. I have some, uh, like, literally, I need to go home to check that. Is bone that like broth. a slow cooker? It's an instant pot. It's a pressure cooker that can be a slow pot. Slow I just cooker. got a slow cooker. No, no you need I to get an it. instant pot. What's an instant? What okay. are you doing? It's a pressure cooker. You can cook. You can cook a whole chicken in like 30 minutes, man. 30? Yes. Oh, that well, fuck this eight hours. It's like shit. 45 minutes. Yeah. I lit. I did it last night. I put a whole chicken in there, and then I took the juices, and now I'm making. Chick in the carcass, and I'm putting making chicken broth right now. Okay, and then I'm gonna make. Pot. I have beans soaking, so I'm gonna make a twelve bean soup with some bacon in it. Nice. When I get home, I'm like, I forget a woman who had a career. Like this is what I'm doing now. You're you've rebranded yourself as, rebranded. as a chef. I don't know. I just like making things in one pot. Have you, you ever? Do you have you used a? I, I'm gonna slaughter the pronunciation. A sous vide. No, that seems like too much work. My yeah. brother is really like a gourmand. I just don't want to deal with it, but I do have to feed a baby, and we can't eat takeout all the time. Although she, yeah. at less than two years old, learned pad thai. To say pad thai <laughs> or said, how to want? make pad thai. What do you do? Well, we're gonna work on that. What do you want for dinner, honey? Pad thai. I love pad thai. It's I almost really ordered good. it last night. It's it's so good. If you get good stuff, if you get bad, you know. Anyway, yeah. have you ever been to Jitlada? No, is it good? It's in Thai. There, there. Thai, I mean, yeah, it's downtown. The, yeah, yeah. There's, there's Thai town in in like kind of East Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, there's just tons of Thai restaurants. But there's one, uh, the Kamel. 
and a few other people turned me on to called uh-huh. Jitlada, and it's like I gotta go there. Old school, where you go and they can tell you stuff that's not on the menu. Oh. And granted, you wait a long time. I've been to Thailand, and it was my favorite place I've ever been. Oh. So it's so incredible, and the food there is like even the crappiest place you just randomly walk into. Did you go delicious. for vacation? I did. I went for two weeks. Bangkok. I went to Bangkok for a little bit. I went to Chiang Mai, and I went to. Um, Pee Pee Island. Phuket. I went to Phuket. Yeah, we were in Phuket, and then we went to Pee Pee Island, which is like the most beautiful place on the world. In Did the world. you get Even sick at all while you, while you were there? No, I ate street food the whole time. No, the no, only time I did get sick, I got sick once, and it was after eating at a fancy restaurant. I ate street food the whole time, and it was delicious. I have friends that are the same way. Like I'm, I'm so paranoid. Really. Like, I've never been to India because I'm like, I know I would be sick the whole time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My meditation teacher goes every year for like two months to to India. And he's like, I've never been sick. I eat street food. He's like, the the key is eat food that is cooked. Yeah, cooked all the way. Don't eat cold, like raw vegetables. Yeah, 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 raw vegetables. Yeah, drink bottled water and you're fucking fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like they have a great way of living. I mean, they're living there. No, Everybody's not sick all the time, just living there. I... I think I've talked on this podcast before, but I watched this um, Morgan Spurlock documentary series on Netflix, Mm -hmm. and he did one episode where he went to uh, Thailand to a hospital in Bangkok Mm -hmm. because Americans and people all over the world are doing these things now called um, medical vacations. Yeah, they go and they get... I have friends who do that to Mexico. They get their dental work down there. And it's... Like he he had like a shoulder injury. He had mm-hmm. a tear in his rotator cuff. And so he went to a doctor in New York and the doctor's like, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to need you to go get an MRI. We don't do them here at my office. So you have to make an appointment at an, a, a different appointment with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's this much money. It's fucking expensive. And then you have to go here. And, and if it is torn and we do surgery, it's going to be. And he was just like, this is fucking ridiculous how expensive ridiculous, this yeah. is. And so he decided to go to Bangkok to this hospital to have his shoulder looked at. Uh-huh. And he went and he goes in. And first of all, this is I, I encourage everyone to look at watch this documentary. I forget uh-huh. what it's called, but it's Morgan Spurlock's series on Netflix. And he goes in and this first of all, from the outside, it looks like a hotel. It does not look like a hospital, does not look clinical and sterile and gross and scary. Mm-hmm. You walk in. It looks like you're in the Four Seasons. Wow. Like beautiful fountains in the lobbies. And he goes up to the front desk. He's like, I have an appointment, uh, Morgan Spurlock. And they're like, oh, yeah, go to the f- fourth floor. And so he goes in. There's another desk. He checks in. And she's like, all right, someone will be with you in a minute. And he goes and he sits down. And the chairs are like lazy boy chairs. It's like this place beautiful. Is nice. It's not crowded. There's nobody around. He sits down and starts talking to the camera. He goes... All right, so I've checked in. We'll see how long this takes. And then someone's like, all right, the doctor will see you now. Wow. The doctor, not a not a not assistant, a nurse. not wow. a nurse. And so he goes in and like the doctor's like, all right, let's do uh, let's do, do an MRI. And he's like, all right, when do we have to make that? He's like, let's do it right now. So he goes wow. downstairs, has the MRI, goes back upstairs, gets the result. The doctor's like, it's not torn, you're fine. And then so while he was there, he decided to do every he got a colonoscopy. Wow. He had blood work, everything. He did every fucking conceivable. And did he pay cash for it? Or He what paid happened? like, I think all total for everything was just like a, a few thousand dollars. Wow. Like it was really cheap. And then he goes back and um, 
he goes and sees his doctor in New York and he's like, he gives him a paper with the list of all the shit that he had done. And the doctor's like, wow. He goes, you did all this? And he goes, yeah. He goes, how much do you think this cost me? And the doctor's like, probably $90,000. What? And he's like, no, it cost me like $3,000. No. And the doctor was like, what? It's incredible. I mean, having a dad as a doctor, you know how broken the medical... And the fact that, like, I know somebody who has to take a loan out to get her teeth fixed. Yeah. Because she can't afford dental insurance. I mean, the fact that we have people in this kind... I mean, I was in the military. I grew up in the military and a military doctor, and we just went to the doctor when we needed help. yeah. And the fact that people literally have to go into debt and... Everything they've saved up in their life has to go to their end of life care and things like that. And, and it, it just it, it entrenches people in a cycle of poverty because how can you give a legacy to help your children uh, get a leg up on what you built when literally, uh, I mean, it's just awful. It's awful. By the way, even with insurance, like I have, I have like the highest SAG insurance you can get, which uh-huh. is great. Don't brag. <laughs> I work sometimes. Um, <laughs> I like two years ago had to have a lot of dental work because well know, the implants they don't pay for them. Well, when my dad was sick, mm-hmm. um, like I just turned down work for a whole year while he was sick, and mm-hmm. so I lost my insurance. And then the following year, I spent just working my ass off to get my insurance back. Wow! So it was like two years without insurance. My teeth were all fucked up, and so. I'd have like a couple root canals, like no implants or anything, but like a lot of cavities, deep, like. Wow. I had used all my insurance money and I still hadn't had half the dental work done. Oh, and that is yeah. with that was with good dental insurance. That's really sad. It's sad. It's really sad. Anyway. <laughs> Land, well, how long have we been recording? One hour, one minute. Whoa. Oh, all right. well, so we'll, I mean, we could go on for days. We'll for See, like I told an, you we'll I had a lot. You were like, yeah, do you have any health things? I'm like, hell. We'll go for another yeah. 15 minutes for the people at Stitcher Premium who are paying extra. Are they really? Do they have to? Do you have to like entice them with? Some they get extras? a little, little bit extra. A little grease, a little greasy. All right, thank you for doing this, Felicia. Yeah, no worries. And uh, thanks, Stitcher Premium. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Bye, Bye. everybody.